0: tuning into this episode of the Hunt Fish Eat podcast. This episode is brought to you by the following sponsors. Walton's Inc. has come alongside us and decided to jump on as a sponsor of the Hunt Fish Eat podcast. Their tagline is everything but the meat. They have a ton of really awesome products, equipment, and spices for hunters that process their own game. If you go to Walton's Inc. website, you can check out their knowledge vault called Meat Gistics. Make sure you go to waltonsinc.com and get yourself set up with some quality equipment. If you want to wear some awesome gear like I do, make sure you go check out Clay Shooting Apparel. Jim and the crew over there are making some really cool and fun stuff with a bunch of different options from shirts to hats to even masks. I'm sure you'll find something you enjoy if you go over to ClayShootingApparel.com. Now in this episode, I get to sit down with my buddy, John Hutchison. Uh, his nickname is Hutch, and he's a pretty cool guy. John's been hunting for quite a long time, and he he did the whole big game thing, and now he's really switched to small game, especially because he's got six kids, and um, th- that's one of his where his passion has kind of grown is taking his kids out hunting and I got to talk to them a little bit I met him a couple years ago in the field. Um, he's a really really cool guy and uh, he takes some awesome pictures, too So listen up and I hope you have a good time Welcome to this episode of the hunt fish eat podcast. I'm here with my buddy john hutchson. How you doing hutch? I'm good. How are you? Doing Pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. So, uh, thanks for coming over on this Wednesday evening. It's a little chilly outside,
1: um, but we were just talking. So, you guys went to did some duck hunting last week, yeah? We went out to Cheyenne Bottoms, uh, me and a couple of buddies, uh, did a little midweek hunt. Um, were not very many people out there, and so we we're able to get out and find a good spot and you know, had a lot of ducks come in, yeah?
0: Yeah, Cheyenne's real good for that, man. Um, I remember the first time I hunted there was a couple years ago with you guys. And, uh, the first flights I saw in the morning were were incredible, man, Mm -hmm. just tons and tons and tons of ducks. So, um, it was cool to be in the middle of that. Um, and also you said you
1: took your daughter out for youth season this past weekend. Yeah. We went out Saturday morning. Um, the cold front come through, we were hoping to push some ducks down. And so we got set up in one of the spots we usually go to, um, at Hillsdale Lake and, uh, the wind wasn't in our favors in our face. And so Mm -hmm. we're like, well, we'll see how this turns out. But it wound up being a good morning and she Mm -hmm. almost shot her limit and. So ducks worked. The decoys so It was good.
0: That's awesome, man. It's cool to get to see that. And like I said, she looked pretty happy with that uh that stringer around her neck.
1: So. Yeah, she she was she was excited.
0: Well, that's good, man. Well, hey, let's start off here. Um, like I said, we we met through Edgar. Yes, mm-hmm. hello. And I, I've been meaning to get Edgar on here. He's just so stinking busy right now. Yeah. Um, but it'll happen here soon. And, um, but anyway, so we hunted at Cheyenne Bottoms, mm. um, out in about four hours west of Kansas city. And we killed some pheasants, killed some ducks, uh, killed some snipe, I think on mm-hmm. that trip, yep. um, had a real good time. And, um, I thought you were a pretty cool guy. You took some cool pictures mm, on that you. trip. So, yeah. And we've been kind of buddies ever since. And, um, yeah, that's how we met. So Hutch, let's kind of start at the beginning here about you. So you don't hunt for a living yet. So what, no. what do you do for a living? So uh, law enforcement in the Kansas
1: City area. Okay. Got you, law enforcement. Um, and how long have you been hunting? Since I can remember, we uh, we used to raise beagle dogs. We lived in the Boot Hill, Missouri, along the Mississippi River. So okay. my dad raised beagle dogs. And so we hunted, they called swamp rabbits down there. Mm-hmm. And we hunted dove uh, down there as well. And then he pastored a church. And so he wound up getting moved to a church in northern Missouri. That's where we started deer hunting, turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. Um and that was mainly all I did was big game and then squirrel rabbit type stuff. Yeah. Um, then we moved to Kansas. Oh, it's been about 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then a couple years after being in Kansas, I went on my first upland hunt and got hooked on that. Mm-hmm. And so started to pheasant and quail hunting. And then probably four years ago, I went on my first duck hunt and got ruined and <laughs> stopped deer hunting and strictly focused on waterfowl and yeah. quail, pheasant, turkey. Birds, basically.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I don't see you kill. I've never seen you kill a deer
1: or a turkey or anything, but kill other birds. Yeah, I so uh, killed turkey. Now, my main focus now is getting the kids out, getting them mm-hmm. turkey hunting. Uh, I make turkey calls, so it's fun to get out and you know shoot a turkey over something that I made. And um, like I said I shot my shot a decent buck with a bow. It's probably been four or five years ago. And then okay. after that, I kind of hung it up and just focused on birds.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's cool, man. Um, so like I mentioned uh, briefly at the beginning, so you, you like to take
1: pictures, right? Mm-hmm. So what camera are you using right now? I've been through a bunch. I started with using DSLRs. I uh, went to mirrorless, um, but I just didn't like carrying the weight around. Because mm-hmm. yep. uh, when we go out, it's usually 10 plus miles a day, and so it just gets heavy Yeah. Um, with everything else you're carrying. So now I'm shooting just a little uh, pocket Sony RX100. Okay, it's a Mark II, so it's an older camera still, but does what I want it to do. Yeah, you know, it's small, I can fit it in the pocket, and mm. has you know takes good quality images. So
0: gotcha. So um, so you're, you're currently running the kind of the pocket uh, that point and shoot camera, right? Yeah, point and shoot. Gotcha. And so um, if if there's a guy listening to this that's a new photographer or new to outdoor photography,
1: what are a couple of tips you'd give that guy? Two or three tips, or gal. It just kind of depends on what they're looking for you mm-hmm. know if you're you're wanting to do more that out of focus background portrait style photography then you know you need to get into a nice dslr or mirrorless camera which mm-hmm. you get pretty cheap these days for me it's more just scenery you know yep. you know when we go on our hunts to me that's a lot of the fun of the hunt is just the scenery you're in you know i love hunting the flint hills i love watching the sunrise over or sunset over the flint hills and mm-hmm. so uh for me, it's none, you know, not real portraiture style. It's just kind of landscape and just yeah. whatever we come across in the field, just taking pictures. Gotcha. It's well, that's, that's good. buddy's hunting, you know, taking pictures, you know, seeing them walking with the dog. Mm-hmm. Or
0: Yeah, I've seen you a couple times where you're not carrying a gun, you're carrying a camera, mm-hmm. you know, instead. And so I, I know that's probably another passion. You're just capturing the moments, capturing the the landscape. So that's cool. And, um, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the Flint Hills and Western Kansas, you know, a lot of guys from around the country think Kansas is flat as a Mm -hmm. pancake and it is pretty flat, but, um, I'm like you, Hutch. I, I, I like the beauty, you know, the rolling Hills and, Mm -hmm. uh, the kind of coolies and the, you know, culverts and stuff. I, I think it's starkly beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, You get into Flint Hills, especially, you know, when everything's turned brown for fall, you know, you, you got your brown grass and you got your, you know, um, the red flowers that are blooming and you know Mm -hmm. just so many colors that pop out and so it's just pretty and then yep,
0: yeah and yeah i agree with you man especially sunset and sunrise Mm -hmm. just that that golden that golden hour man it makes it makes it absolutely beautiful so um so you kind of mentioned you kind of shifted away from big game hunting a Mm -hmm. little bit and kind of shifted more into small game hunting Mm -hmm. so what's
1: uh why did you kind of do that what was the what was the reason for the shift uh, a lot of it's just a camaraderie with the guys you hunt with, you mm-hmm. know. Growing up, you know, when you had buddies you deer hunted with, you know, deer camp, that was fun, you mm-hmm. know. And then the older you get, it becomes more work. You yep. know, it's like if I shoot a deer now, I'm by myself having to yeah. cape it out and carry it out. But then I think it's just hunt with the guys, man, being mm-hmm. just goofing around out in the field and just having a good time. And then... When I got a dog, it just changed everything, you know. Yeah, being chasing your dog around in the field, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I. So this is my wife's first season hunting, mm-hmm. and um, you know I've wanted to hunt a dog, and we do have one, but he he got a little gun shy, and I haven't had a ton of time to work with him. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we hunted over a dog a couple weeks ago, and and afterwards she said, "Now I understand why you want a dog." Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a different experience being able to hunt over that and watch some flush birds or point birds, and and that's uh man that's a lot of fun. So, um. What's your favorite small game animal to pursue on a regular basis? Or is it kind of just all of it? It depends what the season is. Yeah,
1: I really like prairie chicken. Okay. Uh, I shot my first one this year. Um, like I said, I love the Flint Hills. So walking, it's just, they're a hard bird to hunt. You know, mm-hmm. they don't hold yep. still very good. It's just the challenge of hunting them, you yeah. know. And other than that, you know, I like on pheasant, but quail is probably my favorite mm-hmm. um, just because you flush them, you see them land, you go after them. You yep. know, it ain't like a pheasant where you're going to, you see him land, you know, six hundred yards away, and mm-hmm. just that continual pursuit of a quail's—it's fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, you get to hunt them down, and, and I like it how um quail kind of explode, mm-hmm. and um, when you get up on that covey, and that's a uh, that's exhilarating, gets your heart going. So, yeah. I'd definitely be with you there. So, you mentioned prairie chicken. So, not a lot of guys hunt prairie chickens on a regular basis, um, but I, I know uh, I've hunted with Edgar, you know, chasing prairie chickens, and, and that's a lot of what you do is chasing prairie chickens. So um well, what's your strategy on that or what do you like to you prey chickens i
1: think a lot of it is, you know we just a lot of the uh um, hilltops mm-hmm. you know just walking and you know and you do some scouting and come across some scat or feathers um and it's a lot of just putting boots to the ground and walking mm-hmm. you know find the habitat they like and just walk and if you got dogs it helps but I know with Edgar, he's killed several he without a dog. Yeah. Just knowing, you know, where to go and just doing a lot of reading up on, you know, the habitat prairie chickens like. And just mm-hmm. a lot of it's just putting boots to the ground. We've covered a lot of miles and not seen a thing, you mm-hmm. know, just out scouting and walking around. But then you come across them and you mark it on your map. and
0: Yeah, and that's and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. Um, but but I've noticed that you and Edgar, you guys do a lot of scouting. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have a lot of stuff marked out. and. Um, especially with like Onyx and some of the newer apps, it's a lot easier to do that. Um, so we'll kind of, we'll kind of get to that later, but, um, I want to kind of dive in here too. So like you mentioned, you took your daughter hunting Mm -hmm. this past weekend and I've noticed you, you've taken your kids out quite a bit. Um, how how many kids do you have, Judge? We have six. Six kids. Okay. So you got a lot of opportunity there as they get older. Um, so you know, I my, you met my son. He's he'll be three in November, and I got a daughter as well, and, and younger than him. And you know, one thing my wife and I are talking about is how do you how do you instill hunting in your kids? You know, how do you how do you get it where when they're fifteen, 15, 16 that they want to chase? You know, just mm-hmm. like you do. So, what um, what's your thoughts
1: on that? For me, it was just getting them out young. Um, mm-hmm. I like think my daughter, my she's my oldest, and fourteen, and so she was, I think, five or six. You know. She was always, I deer hunted back then when mm-hmm. she was younger. And so she would come out, if I shot a deer, she'd come out and watch us clean it. Mm-hmm. Um, just getting them around it. Getting yep. them used to it at a young age where it's, you know, not new when they get older. Mm-hmm. Um, taking them duck hunting where they just sit beside me in the marsh. You mm-hmm. know, didn't have a gun. They had to, you know, bundle them up warm because you don't want to be miserable. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of make it fun for them. Yeah. Um, and then I've got one boy who likes to go, but he's not as enthusiastic as one of the others. So you introduce it to them and if mm-hmm. they like it great if not you know i try not to force it on them yeah. I and mean, just take them out with me and you know if they get cold you know you try to make them tough out a little bit but again yeah. you don't want to ruin them and then them not enjoy it mm-hmm. and so um uh, and then early season just getting them out learning to shoot the gun shooting mm-hmm. targets and just yeah, start them young and get them introduced to it and gotcha. yeah it exposure on early on yep exposure
0: early on That's good. Um, So, and that kind of brings another point. Like you said, you have six kids and a wife Mm -hmm. and a dog, and you have a job. Um, How do you balance all that? I mean, I know you hunt quite a bit. Mm -hmm. How do you balance getting the kids out to hunt, um,
1: you know, working your dog, you hunting? Like, how do you balance all that time management? Uh, I just don't get to hunt as much as I used to. Uh, But it's changing your focus, you know, Mm -hmm. putting your focus on the kids because I've killed birds. I still enjoy doing it, but I'd rather be out carrying a camera and, working the dog and watching the kids shoot something. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and it's time, you know, as a parent, you get to spend with your kids. And for me, there's, you know, I played sports all my life and, you know, always thought my kids would play, but you know, they're not real into it. But to me, I'd rather be out in the field or on a, in a duck blind with my kids than sports or any of that. It's just kind of what my passion is. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I like to watch football quite a bit, but uh, you know, last couple of years, it's kind of waned in my desire. You mm-hmm. know, like I said, I, I've gotten more and more out in the field and really enjoying that. And, um, you know, I guess it's kind of the same thing with the kids is, you know, find out what their desires are and mm-hmm. you're know, try, trying to marry that up. So, um, but yeah, that's, that, I mean, that's a conversation that I know I'm having with my wife right now trying to figure out, you know, cause she, now she's hunting, mm-hmm. you know, so you got her hunting, me hunting and, and then I'm, yeah, I mentor a couple of duck hunts with some of the women's organization that she works with mm-hmm. or other hunts they do. And so, um, it, it cuts into my, some of my hunting time much, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but, yep. um, it, you know, it's surprisingly I've been okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's been really cool to watch my wife kind of grow, um, and enjoy it and enjoy shooting and hunting. Mm-hmm. So.
1: For me, like especially turkey hunting, my daughter got her first last year, mm-hmm. and then my uh, second oldest boy got his first this year. And it's I don't even buy a tag anymore. Mm-hmm. It's I'll go call for them. Yeah, and you know that's it's so much better seeing your kids shoot something than for me to yeah you know, hunt. It just your pr- perspective changes once your kids get in the field with you and you see them excited about it. Mm-hmm. You know it just
0: yeah it's a. Uh... So I, I talked with, uh, Brittany Wallman and Mike Christensen have uh, passed on outdoor mentors out in Wichita. And, um, you know, they do a lot of mentored hunts. I mean, just a lot of time and time and spend the woods with kids mentoring and hunting. And we were talking about, you know, I've been in that position, you know, my, my bow drawn back waiting for, you know, him to stand a little bit, you know, so he's not corduroycing that perfect shot. You know, my, my heart's just thumping, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, same thing with a rifle. And it's, I've also been in a situation with somebody else when they're in that moment and it's, I'm almost more nervous being in the mentor role. Then I'm, when I'm one with the the gun or the bow in my hand, man, I, I don't know. Have you felt that some?
1: Oh, yeah. Like this past season, you know, turkey hunting, you know, I'm calling, and we had, you know, hen come within five yards of us from the mm-hmm. blind, you know, and seeing my son get real excited and then have a big tom coming across the field. And then, you know, we had three jakes come up 10 yards right in front of us and just see mm-hmm. him get excited, you know. And when he wound up, you know, shoot it and just – I think I was more excited than he was, you know. It was like, it's a father, <laughs> senior, you know you know, boys shoot the turkey. And so, yeah, it is. It's, it's, to me, it's more exciting. You know, like this week with my daughter, you know, we are having ducks decoy right in and, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing her knock ducks down and, you know, the excitement on her face. To me, it's priceless. You know, I'd I'd give up a gun any day to see the kids be out there shooting.
0: Yeah. no, That's absolutely right. You know, it's, it's a different level of fulfillment that I didn't know was there, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but uh, that's cool, man. So, uh, kind of diving into public land hunting, like I said, you know, you and Edgar hunt public land quite a bit. Um, I know last year on opening day of pheasant season, you and I went out and stomped around Melbourne Lake a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, and and like I said, that first time I hunted with you guys, I think you had a, you had the walk-in hunting map, Kansas Mm -hmm. Weehaw map, and you just had points and marks all over that thing. And You said kind of every year you add to it and move it on to the next thing, um, so what's, what's your strategy on, on scouting public land, hunting public land? Um,
1: what, what's your idea behind it? How do you kind of do that? A lot of it's just finding spots and driving mm-hmm. and see what it looks like. And unfortunately, you know, now with OnX, you can kind of get an idea of mm-hmm. what the land's going to look like. Uh, but you still really don't know what crops are planted or if there is planted. Yep. Um, and so a lot of it's just putting miles on, mm-hmm. driving by it. And if it looks good, put boots to the ground. You know, you never know unless you get out there and hunt it. Yep. Uh, we've spent a lot of... You know, time out there where all oh, this place looks, you know, you drive around a lot. And to me, it's like, hey, let's just get out and hunt. Mm-hmm, yep. We might not get anything. We might, you know. And so you never know until you get out there and start walking. And mm-hmm. it's just a lot of that. And then if we kick something out, especially with Onyx is nice now, you market, put what you got out of there. And, you know, we hit that again the next year. But again, it was like, well, let's look for more, you know, more mm-hmm, ground. Yep. It's just, a lo- you know, putting the work in. Yeah. You know, that's the thing with public land. You know, everybody wants to. Oh, where'd you shoot? Did you shoot a limit? And it's like, oh, we don't. I don't care. It's great to shoot a limit if you can, but mm-hmm. I don't care if I shoot a limit. If I get one bird out of there, that's great. You know, that's yeah. a bonus to me of just being out with your buddies and mm-hmm. having a good time. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I know guys. I'm not gonna say anyone specifically, but you know, they'll pay for like a continental. You know, they go shoot tons of birds. They're farm raised birds released out of a tower and everything. And I've done that before. You know, it's fun. You're shooting, but. To me, it is not hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's simply not hunting. And, you know, you're shooting a live clay pigeon, essentially, in mm-hmm. my mind. And that's cool if guys want to do that. But to me, it's I'd rather go out, like you said, shoot one bird or the group, shoot three or four mm-hmm. birds and get to watch a wild pheasant, you know, flush. Yeah. Then um, you then shoot 20 or 30 birds, you know, at a continental. So I just think it's a different um, – it takes a different level of skill, you know, to accomplish the wild birds. And, um, and it's a lot more fulfilling.
1: You know? Yeah, it's – especially when, you know, you get a bird dog in there and that, you know, you watch your dog work and then you learn to read them. Mm -hmm. Um, But then just, you know, seeing your buddy shoot a bird. Yeah. You know, it's, I've had many times where my dog went on point and, you know, it's like, no, go for it. You know, I'd rather get the camera out and Mm
0: -hmm. watch them,
1: you know, watch the bird flush and, you know, and take pride in, you know, you train your own dog and seeing your dog, you know, seeing the training come to fruition, you know, it's like, all right, he's actually, it's clicking now, you know.
0: Yep. So, yeah, it all kind of comes together and, uh, you know, in that moment. And, um, it, man, it's you training bird dogs is, uh, you know, it's 80% natural talent. You're trying to get 20, the other 20% mm-hmm. is you are trying to tell them do when you want to do it. Yep. Now, did you, uh, now what kind of dog do you have? So, right now I
1: have a uh, French Brittany. Okay. And so I had a German wire hair pointer for four years and then we had to make the tough decision of getting rid of him with, mm-hmm. he got, uh, and is getting to adulthood and got very aggressive and mm-hmm. started, uh, you know, bit one of my kids and then uh, lunged at my mother in law. It just That's not a good that's not a good situation. No, and so we had you know, we tried different things as he was a great dog, hunting mm-hmm. dog. Yeah. Um but we had to make that tough decision to find him a new home and you know, luckily found a guy out in Colorado who, you know, was a good big bird hunter and mm-hmm. that took him in and so you know. Good. He's giving me good feedback with him of how he's doing. So it's you know, it's a tough decision, man. Yeah. It's you know, you put a lot of years and Time him in that dog and you know get him to hunt the way you want him to hunt and mm-hmm. but and unfortunately that there was always those decisions that have be made sometimes and yep
0: it's that 80 percent like natural talent you know, yeah natural it's, ability
1: it's yeah sometimes you can't change that Yeah. So. so now i've got a little four-month-old french Brittany that looking forward to gotcha working with him and getting him out there so. what's his
0: name Todd. Todd. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a good dog name. So when do you think you're going to get him out on some birds, man? Um, he was a little young at four months. But. Yeah,
1: I'll put him on a lead line uh, when season opens up mm-hmm. and just let him run, have fun. Just gotcha. biggest thing now, just making him a buddy and just let him have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, and if he gets lucky and gets on a scent, you know, we do some work with, you know, prairie chicken wing and quail wing just to let him have fun. And then, mm-hmm. of course, he'll point him on a string, which they see, you know, trying to get away from point in sight. But then I'll hide the wing and some grass and then take him, let him find it and, you know, watching him work and always point it and find it. So it's good to see him start clicking and,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Well, awesome, man. That's a lot of fun. So uh kind of going back to scouting, do you do a lot of preseason
1: scouting? Not a whole lot. If, you know, if we've got a lot of places marked, that's kind of where we start. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of go from there. We'll that's hit some right. of the fields that we know. Uh, that we've gotten birds out of and mm-hmm. then just start driving, to seeing other spots. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, cause I think when we hunted down in Cheyenne, you know, we, like you, just like you said, we hit some spots that we knew and then, you know, we went to a bunch of different fields around, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of popped around. So you, you kind of prefer to do that armed scouting situation where you're in hunting season, mm-hmm. seeing what's there. And so how much, um, you know, if you see birds in one field one year, how likely are you seeing them
1: there again the next year? I mean, I know
0: there's a lot of factors that go into that, but.
1: Yeah. And to- like a lot of it depends if it's a crop, like we've had some where we had standing milo. and We know the next year is probably not going to be milo, mm-hmm. um, but they, there's been a piece of corner that's now got crops. And so we know, okay, they were there. Now we've got, you know, a little CRP and we got some standing milo. We're going to hit that, you know, mm-hmm. so it's kind of depends if it's, crop, if it's just CRP type grass and it's usually, if we've got them one year, then we've usually kicked them out the next year.
0: Gotcha. Or, or nearby, yep. you know, in an adjacent field. So no, that's good to know. I mean, that's, that's definitely a reason to get like on X or grab mm-hmm. a Weehaw map and mark that stuff because you can go back to it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's definitely a good situation to be in. So, um, so what is, let's kind of go here. What's your favorite thing to hunt? If you just pick one species to hunt or one thing to hunt, what would that be?
1: Probably quail. Quail, yeah, yeah th- that's that's what does it for you. Yeah, we got a chance to hunt in Arizona uh, in February, mm-hmm. so we hunted uh, Gamble's quail and Burns quail. So okay, that kind of moved up down there, hunting the mountains, and yep. you know, it, it was a lot of fun. Just gotcha, that,
0: and that was all public land too out there. Yes, okay. So uh, and now is that the first you did that? Or have you guys done that before? No, that's the first time we've done that. Okay, gotcha. So what's what are all the quail species? Mern's, Gamble's, Bob White. You've got scale
1: quail, um, Is it California, California quail, valley mm-hmm. quail. And mm-hmm. some of them are real similar to each other. Yep. Um, but there we got into gambles and murns quail okay. and it was, it was a lot of fun.
0: Man, that sounds like a good time. I, I saw a couple pictures from that and
1: talked to Edgar about it a little bit. Yeah. I think it was, um, that sounded like a good time, man. Yeah, it was time, fun. So. It was kicked our butts cause we weren't, we were <laughs> expecting to be hunting more desert. Uh-huh. My brother lives there. And so that's where he'd been hunting more desert. Mm-hmm. And so we had, Message a guy on uh instagram that we had met and mm-hmm. just through there about hey we're in phoenix area can you point us in the right direction just you know he's like why don't we hook up and go hunt so you know he took us in and showed us some places and got us in the mountains and we climbed mountains and down mountains <laughs> it's <was, laughs> it fun
0: it sounds like a good time man i had a buddy that was hunting sooty grouse in the mountains of utah mm. And I didn't even know that was I knew Cedar grass were in the lower 48, but I did not know they were in the mountains of Utah, man. But, um, he, he told me this. And then about a week later, he sent me a picture of two of them dead next to his gun. So I, you did it, man. He had snowshoes going in and, uh, and he made it happen. But, um, that's definitely a different kind of hunting than kicking the fields in uh, yeah. Western Kansas, man. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, you're not doing much, uh, much big game hunting anymore. Just kind of small game and, you know, birds, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you, Get away from birds. Are you hunt much rabbits or
1: uh, squirrels anymore? So we'll go out, and take the kids uh, squirrel, rabbit hunting when okay. uh, we come across them. Um, usually it's like springtime. We do a lot of turkey hunting, mm-hmm. and then dove, We dove hunt, and but it's mostly yeah, just flying stuff, and, man. Yep, yep. It kind of when it when I when it bit me, it bit me. I mm-hmm. said I'd sold my bow. Like I was a big deer, I sold everything. Big game is like really yep. okay. You're you're committed then. Yeah, I bought duck decoy. I was mm-hmm. I was hooked. Gotcha,
0: man. I I like it all for different reasons, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, I've talked about this before, but it's if I had to, I'm really glad that turkey season is in the spring, mm-hmm. or that spring turkeys. You know, that's the most time you hunt turkeys because if it all overlapped, it'd be hard for me to not you know want to shoot turkeys all the yeah. time. That's uh, that's one of my favorite things, and um, I'm really excited to get my wife in the woods this spring, and I kind of talk about one of my favorite aspects of turkey hunting is just listening to the woods kind of wake up, mm-hmm. you know, and then feeling them gobble and drum and, oh yeah. um, man, it's, it's awesome. I had a guy took out last year is his first turkey hunt. And we were sitting there and I called a little bit, had a turkey gobble. I mean, it is real far off. And he, about five, 10 minutes later, he gobbled again and he'd cut the distance about 200 yards. And so my, this bird's coming in and, mm-hmm. um, there's this rise over a hill they were sitting on the back of. And I, I couldn't hear him gobble. It was about 10 minutes later, but I started hearing, hearing him drum. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's that's a good, uh, that's an exciting feeling. So I had to alert the other guy to that, that there was a sound happening, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, but, Turkey
1: it's one of my. it's up there one of my favorites too. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it' there's something about that gobble in the middle of the woods and just, yep. you know, and getting them, calling to them, having them call back and getting them to come in. And, yep. You know, that's what got me to – start making turkey calls. Like you said, just listening to the sounds, you know, mm-hmm. having hens come out, listen to how they sound. And so it's like, you know, trying to mimic that. Yeah. So and it, it's been cool.
0: Well, it's the same thing with, uh, when you're calling any animal, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's ducks, you know, geese, turkeys, um, even if you're, if you're thinking about rattling deer, grunting deer, um, I picked up a lot this, this fall, there's been this flock of turkey these turkeys that keeps coming around my blind, that I've been sitting in. So I'm just listening to them, seeing mm-hmm. what they're doing. And it's uh. I got picked up a lot from them. These six or seven hens that keep coming by, and mm-hmm. um, that that's been a real education for me. But no, that's that's pretty cool. Well, hey, um, right before we started recording, we were talking about some coot. Mm-hmm. So um, you guys, you eat coot yes. on occasion, okay? Yep. Um, I think I told you. I'll put the link to the article in the notes. But I think it was like I'm I'm an ashamed coot hunter or something like that. But so you're saying, and, and let's kind of preface here. A lot of people think coot aren't good to eat. You know, in the state of Kansas, you have fifteen. Coot limit. So, mm-hmm. um, one of my plans this year is to get one or five and and try to cook them, see what happens. So you've done that already.
1: Yes. So, so. we cooked some up, you know, a couple of days ago.
0: Okay, and and, and you're still alive. So. Yep.
1: so so the kids eat them. They like them. Uh, it's you know, if you've eaten a diver duck, then that's what a coot tastes like.
0: Same same thing. But how how big are they?
1: Closer it's, to teal or no? A little bigger than teal. Okay. And so you know, you I just breast them out, and mm-hmm. so you know they're. Oh, they're in between a, you know, a big duck and a teal. Gotcha. That's as far so as the size that, so. of the like, breast meat and stuff. And it's, go like any other duck, man. You cook it medium, medium rare. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And you're good to go. Well, awesome. Well, maybe I can join the
0: ranks here shortly. So uh, when when that opens up, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. But you do like to cook a little bit, don't you?
1: Yeah, I do a lot of cooking. Okay.
0: So do you guys, do you guys eat
1: primarily wild game or is that a big chunk of what you guys eat? We eat a lot of it depending on the, you know season um I, I take the kids deer hunting I don't buy a deer tag anymore I mm-hmm. want to see them get it um because so we like deer meat we grew up eating that um you know if we hunt it we eat it you mm-hmm. know one of those it's just like fishing we do a lot of fishing if we you know yeah you know we catch or kill it we're gonna eat it yeah. um so yeah we eat a lot of wild game kids love it um, my wife's kind of still iffy on some of it but yeah yeah it's good.
0: Man, you know, one of my passions especially, or one of the things that urges me the most is when guys say a certain wild game doesn't taste good, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, deer's gamey, you know, something like that. And um, I know a lot of guys that are cooking it for their family and for their wives and they're eating it just
1: fine. And mm-hmm. so um, I love to hear that you're you're doing that, you know. Yeah, it's le- it's all learn about how to cook it, you know, especially yeah. with birds. You know, if it's a dark meat, you're going to cook it medium meat, and rare. You're going to treat it like a steak. If mm-hmm. it's a whiter meat, then you're going to cook it. You know, more well like a chicken you know yeah. we got told that sage grouse were nasty you don't eat them we went out to wyoming a couple years ago killed sage grouse and mm-hmm. you know we grilled them up that night and yeah, it tasted good you know
0: yeah it's, i got the same thing the first sharp tail i killed mm-hmm. i was we were pheasant hunting out in the western side of south dakota and um these birds kept getting up and one of the guys kept yelling hens and the guide sitting next to me goes those aren't hens those are sage grouse or sharp sharp tails and i hadn't shot one yet and so I was like, man, I want to kill one of those. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, meanwhile, my other Buzz Beach shot one and, um, I kind of got the same speech. Oh, they're not any good. You know, you want to grind them up or something. And, you know, I breasted them out, to the legs out and they were really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, them. Like you said, it's just another white meat, but, yeah. um, but that's cool. So, so you do a little bit of fishing. Yep. But what do you get? So you're, year-round sportsman mm-hmm. you know you guys spending time out,
1: outdoors um now it's kind of the same thing with the kids taking do they like to fish quite a bit Yeah, they love fishing so i'll get them out in the canoe or kayak and you know we hit a lot of the lakes around and you know we go crappie fishing catfish and bass mm-hmm. whatever we get to bite and you know
0: yeah. Ca- just kind of like hunting man yeah it's what what's available as you're gonna mm-hmm. catch that's pretty cool. So, what um what primarily kind of tackle are you guys fishing with? Do you do any limb lining or no? Like or? Uh,
1: here lately, I've been doing mostly fly fishing. Okay, and so uh, kind of really focused on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just bass fishing with a fly rod, crappie fishing. Went out, caught a couple limits of crappie on a fly rod. Mm-hmm. Um, just something dude. I've grown up fishing, and so I got into fly fishing probably three years ago, and kind of same thing. Got hooked on it. Just something different to try. Yeah. Yep. Um, we'll target drum. Carp. You know, people are like, oh, there's a nasty fish. I won't eat it. I haven't eaten a carp, but drum, you know, I'll eat a drum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a big sheep's head. That's yep. what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you hang one of those on a six weight fly rod and you know, it's a fight. It's a fight. A man. fight. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I have a friend, Tyler Dykes, he's a show me fly guy and uh, he has a little YouTube channel and stuff, but he uh he's been catching striper on a mm-hmm. fly rod and he said, you know, now he catches a lot of trout too, he's a big fly fisherman, but he said if he could figure out a way to catch striper year round, that's about all he would chase, man. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it, it's a lot of fun, you know, catching yeah. those guys. It's like
1: you've catched the, you know, the white bass run on a fly rod. It's yeah. so much fun mm-hmm. or small mouth bass on a fly. It's, yeah, you know, it's fun.
0: You know, that's, I started fishing with a fly rod about probably eight or 10 years ago. And, um, what I liked about it was I don't like sitting still. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason I do like to deer hunt quite a bit, but, um, what I liked about bird hunting, turkey hunt is you're moving around, mm-hmm. you know, getting on stuff. So. Um, I guess it's kind of the same thing with fly fishing, where you're not just sitting there waiting for a bobber to drop, or you're not just kind of slowly working a bait along the bottom. You know, you're, you're striping it, you're watching the fish bite it. You know, that's I think that's pretty pretty awesome. But so what? Um, what fly rod are you are you throwing?
1: It depends. So I've thrown a TFO uh, BVK for a while. Okay. Um, had an Orvis. I. I'm a buy sell guy. Yeah. You know, I'll use something for a while. I'll, I'll try something different. Mm-hmm. Um, bass setup right now is a Bass Pro. They have a, it's called the Heat, which is set up strictly for bass. Okay. It's a eight weight, uh, seven nine. Uh, I've got it on a scientific angle, a reel. And it's just, it's a good bass setup. Throwing mm-hmm. big poppers or big streamers, yep. it does well for bass. So
0: it's so a little heavier
1: setup than like your traditional six or five yep. weight for like trout. And so then I've got a five weight Reddington that I'll throw if I'm chasing crappie or mm-hmm. um panfish yeah i love doing too catching big bluegill on fly, ride, oh, is a fly right oh man of
0: fun. especially a five weight that's that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah you know i remember the first time i i, I had a five weight that i used to like fish a bluegill with because that was easy you know i was 15 16 didn't know how to catch anything else and mm-hmm. um yeah that, that's a lot of fun on that light tackle that's awesome so you said you're a buy sell kind of guy now what's what's your favorite gun right now
1: I like the old classics. I've got a 50s Ithaca Model 37 Featherweight 20 gauge, and that's okay. kind of my go-to for birds. Gotcha. Um, and if I'm duck hunting, then I'll take my 870 mm-hmm. just because it always goes bang. And I've had semi autos in the past that I've just, man, get in the marsh, and all of a sudden cl- goes bang, then click. Won't yep. cycle a shell or gets a little bit dirty and won't want to cycle. Um, so I've been through a lot of shotguns. It's kind of – but that that is my favorite. It's something I hold on. It was given to me by a family member and I mm-hmm. had it redone. That's kind of my Okay. It's light. It carry it all day and not know you have it on. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've had Ruger Red labels that I liked. I had a Benelli Monofeltro that I really like too. It's just mm-hmm. you know.
0: Yeah, it kinda goes back to what you're used to shooting, what fits you well. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm a fan of a light gun, especially when you're hunting. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I tell guys you're gonna carry that gun a lot more than you're gonna shoot it. So yep. especially for how much walking you and Edgar do, man, it's um and having a five, or five and a half pound gun is a lot nicer than an oh, eight, yeah. nine pound gun. So I, I'm with you there, man. So what's, um, if you're chasing upland birds or, you know, you make it in some quail, what's your favorite gauge to shoot? 20. 20 gauge out uh, of Ithaca.
1: I had a 28. And I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, you shot it for quail, which is, I mean, it's a perfect quail guy. Yep. Um, I just got tired of trying to find ammo. Yeah, man. And mm-hmm. I just, I'll stick to a 20 gauge now. It's Got a buddy who reloads for me and he does some really nice reloads for okay. a pheasant and quail that, mm-hmm. you know, now that improved cylinder barrel. I've knocked several pheasants down with it quail. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. There you go at
0: 20 gauge. Yeah. I, am. Um, so I have an over and under, it's a combo gun, 20 gauge barrels and 28 gauge mm-hmm. barrels. And, um, you know, last year in South Dakota's first year, I hunted it. And, um, the first day I walked with it was 20 gauge barrels and the next two days was 28 gauge. Mm-hmm. And, um, Man, I really, I really liked that. Mm-hmm. I liked that little bit lighter gauge and just something, something different, yep. you know, than, than a big 12 gauge. Um, but no, you're right with the, with quail man, 28 gauge. That's just, that's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. a lot of fun to shoot. So what's, uh, what are some adventures you get? You have coming up this fall.
1: I won't have as many this year, kind of taking it lighter this year. Mm-hmm. I'll do some day trips. Okay. Uh, we usually do a big week hunt out in Western Kansas. Uh, and I'm going to not going to go on that one this year. Um, uh, might go back to Arizona. My mm-hmm. brother wants me to come back. We we'll do another hunt down there, so that's a possibility. Late season. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it's gonna be shorter day trips. Yeah, a lot around Kansas City area. Kind yeah, we've got, got some places on the Flint Hills marked that mm-hmm. we've gotten uh, up to four or five coveys of quail off these big oh, walking okay. pieces mm-hmm. and prairie chicken. So once prairie late prairie chicken season opens up, I'll do a lot more of that uh quail prairie chicken hunting, and then we'll do some trips out west for pheasant here and there, but, mm-hmm. you know, be, you know, with a younger dog, I kind of lost, you know, when I had to get rid of my dog, kind of got a little depressed, you yeah. know, cause getting rid of your dog. But so now I'd be working the pup and, you know, get him on some shorter hunts, not to, you know, wear him down too quick. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get several hunts in, just more of the, you know, shorter day hunts. Yeah. I think.
0: Well, and I, you know, I think that's, um, I want to encourage people with that because I used to be in the mindset, man, if I can't go out for the time I want to go out, there's not, you know, there's no point, but, um, you know, especially with, you know, I got two little kids and wife and a lot of things going on. And so it's, it's starting to get more and more. Hey, if I just go out for four hours, you yeah. know, I'd much rather be in the field walking for four hours than not.
1: You Especially know. in the Kansas City area, you know, people think you've got to go four or five hours west to get into birds. Mm-hmm. You know, and then like we talked earlier, it's you know, put your boots to the ground and walk, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you go an hour west stop by the peak in the Flint Hills and we get into quail and prairie chicken, yep. you know, all on walking land. You know, you go northeast Kansas, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, you're getting into quail and pheasants up there. Yep. It's just, you know, now you might not go shoot a limit If you're a limit guy, then yeah, it's probably not gonna be for you, but yep. If you enjoy the walk, the hunt and being around buddies, it's just getting out and shooting a bird or two. And you know, yeah. that's what that's what me and you know, like me and Agri do a lot of hunting together. And so that's that's kind of our thing. It's like, you know, we don't we go shoot one or two birds, that's a bonus. You know, mm-hmm. it's just getting out, exploring the land and Yeah and so if you put you put the work in, you can find birds close by where you can go do a half day hunt and, you know, bring birds home. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I talked to Ian Burrow, um, Mm -hmm. a couple months ago. And, you know, he talked about that season where he tried to pursue everything in the state of Kansas. And, you know, he said one thing that was cool for him is the the amount of stuff he learned, you know, just by doing research and going, putting boots on the ground and the stuff you see. So, you know, and I, I encourage people to do that. Like you said, we can say, Hey, you gotta go way west or there are only pheasants in South Dakota, you know, Mm -hmm. and I love South Dakota, but, um, you don't know unless you go do it and look and, um, You know, if you are a limit guy, man, you know, pheasants in Kansas is four a day. So Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of places you can go where you'll kill two or three or maybe four, Mm -hmm. you know, but you won't know unless you um,
1: get out there and try. Yeah, we get told all the time from people, oh, you're not going to kill very many pheasants in Kansas on the walk-in land. You need private ground. And Mm -hmm. we hit walk-in land last year. We hit, I think it was two or three fields one morning, and each field we kicked out 30, 40 pheasants. (laughs) And all on walk-in land, you know, a lot of it just people pass it by. They, You know, it's we're like, hey, let's get out walking. walk. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got some days where it was, you know, we had, I think it was one day last year, almost 20 below wind chills. Mm-hmm. And we come across some out-of-state hunters that were parked at a field that we wanted to hunt. So we stopped talking to them. I was like, mm-hmm. How are you guys hunting? And they're like, you guys are going to hunt in this wind? We're not hunting. <laughs> they're from Tennessee. And they were, they were not going to hunt in that yeah. cold weather. And we're like, no, nah, man, we come out and hunt. You know, it was cold. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and our faces, you know, wind yeah. beat and everything. but. I think we got three pheasants and a few quail of that field. And so it's – and you go out there to do it. It's, it's yeah. time to go.
0: You know, a great way to warm up, too, is walking, man, yep. you know. Um, I had a buddy I took up to South Dakota last year. It was his first time. He's from Alabama. And um, he shows up in the sick of waiters and, you know, 15 or 16 layers. And I'm like, man, you're going to sweat to death, mm-hmm. you know. And about a quarter mile into the field, he was taking all that stuff off, you oh, know. Yeah. it's uh, You'll warm up quite a bit walking around, so – But well, Hutch, man, thanks for for coming and sitting down with me and um, I'm glad we could chat a little bit about hunting and um, hopefully I'll see you in Phil this fall. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, man. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this episode with my buddy Hutch. Um, He's a cool dude and um, we had a good time talking and hopefully I'll get out and shoot some coot this year so I can cook them up and I'll let you guys know how those taste. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, it'd really help me out if you share it with your families and friends. And, and I say that every episode, but I really do mean it. If you like it or if you're enjoying the content, it, it would help me out so much if you could tell people about it or just tell one or two people. If if you learned something in the episode, just tell one person that helped me out a lot. Um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, could you please go and leave a review? When you do that, it helps this podcast come up in more searches and reach more people. Please also go and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it so you don't ever miss an episode. If you want to help support the Hunt Fish Eat podcast and have an opportunity to do some awesome stuff with me, please go check out our Patreon page and feel free to jump on the level of support you feel comfortable with. Now I want you to listen to this next part. Coming soon, there are going to be some exclusive opportunities that are only open to my Patreon patrons, so make sure you go check out my Patreon page and join in on the fun. Go to our website at www.hunt-fish-eat.com. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash huntfisheat. Our Facebook is Hunt Fish Eat Outdoors. Our Instagram is Hunt Fish Eat. And make sure you go check out Waltons at waltonsinc.com. Thank you and catch you on the next episode.